Hi, I'm Dave. And I'm Tyler. And, and this, this is the, the Capcom, Capcom Show. Welcome back to the show. Today is our first solid main episode. Woo! And so obviously we're going to start this off with a bang. And we're today we're going to answer the question first: What is property? And by that I'm going to say we're just going to j define just the word property first. We're not going to talk about private, public, personal, any of those yet. Because if we don't even understand and agree with what the word property is, adding another word in front of it is not going to help. Nope. And that's why I think a lot of conversation has missed. is because they always start with... Personal they, or they, private. They, no. they always start with those two, but they don't I, I think, seek alignment on just the main word of property I, first. I think one of, the main, one of the main issues with it is, again, um, you have capitalism and you have communism. And both of them are different... Uh, different economic system so i feel like that's that plays into that whole problem of getting a good definition down because both of them have obviously different ways that they walk in each different society but i feel like there could still be some like overlap between that we could at least agree upon and build off of that we both agree that a communism and capitalism can coexist as long as they're in a voluntary nature without a state Yes. You know, that's obviously, that's why we call ourselves anarchists. Yep. Uh, anyway, so that's the first question we're going to answer. The second question, well, it's not going to question it, is we're going to talk about the or origination of property. We're going to talk about how we believe property becomes legitimate and justified, essentially. And the third is we're going to when we're going to define uh, types of property. So that's the third thing we're going to do. And that's all we're going to be doing for this episode. Uh, before we start, just letting you know, leave comments, suggestions, critique us on our page when we post this. Give us your feedback. We need your feedback. Just, you know, tell us yep. we're off the fucking wall, crazy, insane, we're saying stupid shit. Let us know. Whatever yep. it is. All right, so let's get into it. Do you want to ask the question first or do you want me to go? Uh, shoot. What is property? Um, I would say at least under... Uh my terminology of it is property is something that you can either gift or have given to yourself or that you can own. Now, on going forward with that. The follow-up, so this is the more subset question, is what does it mean to own something? What does it mean to own something? Um, I'd have to say, and this is, it's pretty much the personal property kind of definition that we use. Um... To maintain or to actively use. Like, my car that I drive around and use a lot, it's technically not mine. It's not in my name. But I use it, I maintain it. So I call it mine. So, again, I mean, is it my property under the state? No, it's not my property. But 
colloquially, yes, it is my property because I use it and I maintain it. And, you know, I, I keep track on it. I make sure that it's running. It's, you know, it can get me from point A to point B. It's inherently, it's my property. I don't, you know, I, I use it. Okay. Yep. But, so, um, uh, that's, that's pretty much, that's also going to be my, I'm going to give you a heads up. That's going to be my argument for personal property because that's pretty much what it is to begin with. But, um, but yeah, property, I feel like is something that a, not even just one person, a group of people can own property too. Um, especially when you have corporations for your case, you know, um, corporations could own property. Uh, for instance, like if you work for a conglomerate or sorts or, you know, somewhere you don't have a CEO, you have like a board of, uh, directors. Yep. Um, they own all the property you work on. That's in a capitalist system. That's how it works. So again, uh, property is something that you can own or maintain, but it doesn't, it's not limited to just one person. It's not limited to a group of people. You know, it's, it's something that can be owned. Mm -hmm. So, okay. So obviously from a capitalist perspective, the, our definition, as far as I am under, understanding it, is uh, a little different. So how I would define property is, so what does it mean to own something, essentially? To own something means to control its usage. You have the ultimate decision-making power on how that thing is used, when it is used, who it is used by. You control its usage at all times. You are the top-level of the hierarchy, essentially, yeah. of who gets to use it. And the main component being exclusion. You have the right to exclude other people right. from using it because that's what it means to control its usage. And so there are – so both of us believe in property, right? We, yeah. Neither one of us take the view that uh, – Yes, property is something – there's always uh... – I hate using this because the person who wrote it is on the wayside, but um, right to life, right to liberty, oh, yes. and right to property is one of the three biggest things of, uh, of a civilized world, I guess. Um, and uh, I do believe, you know, right to life should be something that everyone gets. Right to liberty is something that everyone gets, the right to be free, and the right to have property and own and maintain property. Yep. So, so both of us agree with that. Both, neither one of us believe in the view of property doesn't exist. And uh, so if you're looking for that view, maybe we'll get into that. Like that's more yeah. of a kind of an egoist I mean, type of view. And I mean, so, I, I do I do have a couple egoist views where it, it it's one of those things that depends on my mood. If I'm in a really fuck off kind of nature, I property doesn't exist anymore. What are you going to do? Stop me? <laughs> What yeah, are you going to do? That, that's definitely a... <laughs> that's a very destructive mood, by the way. Don't... <laughs> yeah. Don't take my word for it. I'm thinking it might be a good idea. We do plan on sometimes having uh, guests on the show. Um, and so for uh, the episode, we, whenever we do it on egoism, that might be an episode where we bring on... Guests, because I have no idea how to do egoism. I know more primitivism, so... 
Oh, see, definitely, I definitely encounter more egoists than I do primitivists. Yeah, and Prim so we don't like to talk about endprims much. They're, they're, <laughs> they, we can't find them online. It's amazing. It's like they don't like technology or something. Right? I mean, it's like they're <laughs> off in the wilderness, away from the computer. <laughs> they're fucking hermits. Yeah. So I actually know one. <laughs> exactly. So definitely, that's that's a future thing down the road. And so. <laughs> the future thing and we're talking about shit that's in the past that would be an anti-trans humanist i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> and trans humanist. i don't know i don't really know much about that ideology specifically anyway back on topic here so that is the capitalist view and understanding of property from what i understand there are ancaps that their basis of property is different so i would say about three quarters of and caps uh, do believe in self ownership. There are a few and caps that reject that argument and methodology. They're not as common. Most do believe in self ownership, though. I am the one that takes the view that does believe in self ownership, as just letting you know. So, uh, origination. Obviously, so I'm, I'll just start. Self-ownership, we can do a whole episode on this. I know some of the arguments that are against it. And the best way I can explain this is you own yourself because you are yourself. You control your body in a, an objective way that no one else can. Okay? If we're standing 10 feet apart, right? Say me and Tyler are standing 10 feet apart. Can he physically, without moving himself, raise my hand? No. Without, no. It's objectively no. impossible. He cannot do that. I mean, I have a long reach, but I not that but long. That requires, <laughs> that requires you using your own body first. Right. right. And obviously, that means I have an ability to do something with this body that you do not. Exactly. And so that that's the whole thing. And, and then the other thing, too, is... Um, that ties ties into property ownership is uh, ultimate responsibility, and in terms of criminality, criminal behavior, that's a part of you. You can't have someone be responsible for criminal behavior if they. Um, how, how do I word this? I don't know because I have a question for you right now that's uh, kind of nagging at me. What's the question? What's criminal? Well, what, how can you define criminality in such terms of uh, anarchist civilization or society? I feel, well, okay, so, so I have an answer for that, but I feel, feel like it's entirely relevant to the topic right now. For the, for the sake of discussion. For the sake, okay, so any terms of criminality is where there is an actual victim of some kind in which so, their rights are violated. So like a murder or like, yes. you know, okay, all right. Any, any view that violates the rights of another and... All right, I, I'm down with that. Yeah. I can I can do that. So, yes. um, and so continue. <laughs> anyway, you I have ultimate agency over myself, but responsibility is another part of ownership. Obviously, if you own something, you are responsible for it. And so, in terms of criminal behavior, what I do with my body, I am objectively responsible for. Okay. Yes. If I, obviously, if I just go kill Tyler right now, right here. You're responsible for my. I death. am responsible for it, and no one else is gonna point to 
some guy in Africa and say, you're responsible for Tyler's murder. Yeah. Because obviously he didn't do it. Yep. You know, and so you cannot be responsible for the actions of another human being. Right. Um, I, I see what you mean now about, you know, a lot of it, that, that being an egoist approach. Because I can see how that could tie in it. From what I know about egoism is, I, I feel like that could definitely tie into egoism. Well, egoism just says... Essentially, from my understanding, property is a spook. Spook, self ownership yeah. is a spook. And but I, I, I remember bringing it up, and I do remember egoism is more, more about individuality interacting with the world, kind of, if I remember correctly. Again, I know fuck all about egoism. I'm just kind of guessing that this makes sense to me, so I could be fucking wrong. Like I said, don't take my word for it. Egoism is not my cup of tea. <laughs> so. Anyway, so uh, origination. Ownership comes from comes from labor of the of the self owner. So what you put your labor into, you can own, not necessarily own. Like you can work at something all day long, but not own it. So you so so uh, so you'd say that you could put labor if you put labor into something, you could own it. You can own it, but like the key factor is. It has to so in terms of land, obviously land is a huge thing. Land is a very huge thing. Exactly. So if you go into unowned land, right? This is just there's no no human labor has gone into this area. Nobody claims ownership of it. You know for a fact this, exactly. this is yeah. unclaimed at all. So you have to put labor into something, either the ground you have to farm it seed it, plant it, do something in order to own it. Right. And so, but you also, you have to have the intent to own it. Like, for example, I can put labor into something and, and decide I don't want to actually own it, though. Yeah. You can essentially do that, but yet, if you want to own it, the intent has to be there. Yeah. Um, And the, the thing is, though, is, um, and this is tying into your, your essence of property, if I put my labor into something, if, say, I'm going to use my job as an example, um, I don't obviously own the press or the material that I use to fill the press, but I fill the press using my labor, my physical labor lifts up the bucket to fill the press, okay? The press gets filled and it molds apart. I, as an operator take the part and inspect it and package it and put it on the pallet. And when the pallet gets done, the production handler, again, using myself, um, in, or the quality, inspects the parts, make sure they're all good. The production labor handler labors over it, tapes everything up, wraps it up, and package and sets it out for shipping and then when the truck comes in to ship it it gets shipped by the warehouse handler now that entire thing is the factory system it's everyone having a different job in in a way of creating property creating things about items of value yep now the whole thing about that is and i know there's a whole currency system in this and myself i don't believe in currency I don't I feel like currency is a way to manufacture power, but that is something for a different episode and I'm not going to digress on it because I will be here for the next ten minutes on a spiel about it. I don't think we have the time nor the patience to deal with that. But 
my boss, okay, the owner of my company, he owns the presses. Mm-hmm. He buys the material that we get for that. Does he own everything that goes into that process? Even my labor. I mean, he pays for it, but then that, that assumes that he also owns whatever I make in my off time if he owns my labor completely. I feel like that's going to be like one of the big things, you know. The capitalist response would be, uh, no, it is entirely dependent upon the contract between you and your uh, um, employer. And generally, that's that's not how... I, that, yeah, that's I, certainly not how that works. It's, it's in the agreement. It is strictly what you produce using their resources on their own time. Yes. Okay. So, but, however, though, there have been times where I've been, say, uh, when I was doing my fencing job, uh, my boss didn't fucking do anything. He, yeah, he bought the materials. That's it. He bought it, and he used his truck to get us there. And we had to, he, we worked with his tools. But again, all of our labor did everything. He didn't lift a finger to help us. He would. He just sat there on his phone most of the time. And this is this is where what comes in, especially with the whole idea of workforce liberation. Collectively, if we were to pull off our resources together and get collectively paid for that job, we probably could have made more profit off of us for the five of us after we got done than he did by himself paying us because he didn't put in his, his, his fair share of it. He just paid for things. Now, say we get paid for that job and... You know, we use the, the money that we get paid in advance to, you know, spend on the tools and on the things necessary to do the job. Mm-hmm. Um, what's to say that after, you know, the job gets finished, the rest of it is our profit and that we can split evenly, say those five laborers, the entire project. Um, we can split, say, 100000 into five. You know, that's easy. That's twenty grand. We get paid twenty grand for a week's worth of work on the project, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's, that's the whole point of it. That's not our property, though, because obviously someone paid us to do that upon a contract that we agreed upon. Um, But in the same time, when I was working that job, we got paid practically minimum wage to do, you know, that job. So he was making fucking bank off of it. I love it because he was wasting all of his labor. He would drive off when we were almost done with the task. So we would just sit there for an hour waiting for him to come back to give us something new. But... The whole thing about it is we own labor. We own it. We have our right to our own labor. And I feel like that is we can dictate how we want to spend it. And I feel like spending it in such a way that other people say that you put your labor in labor into this, but it's mine. I feel like that's theft. I feel like that is inherently theft. Even if there's a contractually agent behind it, I still feel like that's theft because especially if, that's your only choice. You know what I mean? Like if that, if it's either that or not even being employed in a society that demands you to be employed for money in order to survive, I feel like that would be a, that's coercing you into just doing it. You know, I feel like that, that can be construed as theft. Yeah. The capitalist view is Consent is the foundation which in distinction between what is theft and what is not. Right. So, and the capitalists say, there has to be a violation of consent at some level. Right. Or there needs to be an element of coercion somewhere. Right. 
And the the element of coercion, I would say, is definitely within the society because you get a lot of people who within a state, you know, of course, you have coercion. Oh yeah, yeah. And and we, I think, both of us understand this would hardly be an issue in a stateless society because all most of the time freedom that completely frees up our ability to choose what we do with our exactly labor. and just, just the whole an astronomical level. The whole thing that I was mentioning earlier about currency, um. My 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 whole view behind it is in a stateless society we won't need currency because it makes it make no sense to have currency because there'd be no governing body to regulate it, and on top of that, currency is only meant in a state society as people who are unable to have any talents to justify their existence, um, so to speak. Uh, you get a lot of rich people out there, and I'm going to go complete fucking malice on this shit. Uh, you get a lot of rich people out there, right? They're born into it. They're born in the lap of luxuries, silver spoon in the mouth, private fucking schools, you know, flying dad's jet on the, on the weekends. Um, they don't have to work a single day in their life, but they have more wealth than the man who has been struggling for the last 20 years of his. I don't think that's fair. I don't, I think, I think, you know, that whole lottery aspect of it, of just being born into the right family, I feel like that is where... A lot of the whole thing with currency is where I take um, take a lot of aspect out of that. It's useless to society because now that person has more power than I do. That person who's never worked a day in their life, who has never contributed to society in any way except for their own opulence, and now has more governing power than I do because they can use their money that they've inherited as leverage, political leverage in a state. Whereas in a stateless society, that money is only good if you need a fire. Not good if you if you want to if you want to absurd your will or for someone, and again, if the the whole thing about there being a state for both me and you really is what strains the whole relations between anarchists of every school of thought. Yes, it confuses and conglomerates all of our views, and it kind of puts us in a confusion and makes each other think that we're the enemy of each other. Yes. When and the and this is harkening back to even our pilot episode, anarchy comes first in both in both of our ideological terms. Thus, we should be anarchists first before we're whatever else. Yeah, I will say if you care more about the the, the and, second than just care about the and more than whatever comes after the hyphen. You're you're usually you're usually in then good you're company. An anarchist. If you care more about the cap, the com, the ego. The, the the prim what, the whatever, the whatever then you're usually just there to co-opt anarchy you're for just yourself. gonna co-opt it and but um now we did mention land yes at one point and uh i was waiting for you to mention land oh, I because know. this is this is like my wild draw for that i've had in my card since fucking turn one or is, hand this, since turn yeah, one this is the heated issue when, when um, someone, someone says property because coming back to that currency thing there's a reason why i went on that spiel um slave ownership i know it's archaic to suggest it especially for us we're two white guys you know it's never affected us in any way we may have had ancestors we don't know who benefited off of it i i don't know for sure in terms of that the actual kind of slavery that happened in the 18th century and yeah. all the centuries before where yep. it was it was physical yep real physical slavery where you're whipping it you're being whipped and yes, yeah. all day and night um, and starving 
Um, yeah, neither of us have had that kind. We're in a kind of different kind of slavery. Yeah, that's today. wage slavery, but that's something different for a different episode. Um, and I, I've I've been also told rather recently, actually, um, and mentioning rage slavery actually brought it up to me that apparently it's uh it's kind of not cool to mention that, especially for right. And I, I kind of get that. We've never had that problem in our ancestry before, but at least I haven't. I'm German ancestry, so I know I haven't. But anyway, that's again different topic for a different time. Um, I know, uh. Like you get with your slave in the south of the slave plantations, you know you have people down there who probably still own them from when they're you know oh hey there's a cat um there's a his cat just walked in and I have ADHD leave me alone um but you know like you get a say a family that inherited their slave plantation from like their great 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 grandparents you know that owned it. Is that still their property, even though the state deemed it illegal at the time? And I, yes, I know I, said, I mentioned state, but I feel like that was a whole thing where people said, hey, this is an atrocity. We shouldn't be doing this, you know. And it's mob rule, but we understand that it's – even in your society, I feel like that can't be – you know, because it wasn't contractually obliged. They, those people were taken against their will exactly. to work there. And all the wealth that that family got – was taken from people who weren't contractually obliged to be there mm -hmm. um, and were threatened with death if they tried to leave. And I feel like that is one of the things that, you know, we can kind of say that property can be construed as theft, especially if you're um, African-American living in this country. And, and because there's, because objectively there is an element of coercion right there. They were forced yeah. to live on there and because they were viewed as physical property. Right. Yeah, you know, obviously. And so they were coercively made to use their labor to build for them. To, they, build, to build wealth for exactly. someone else. And so that wealth, since it was forced to be created against someone's will. Is illegitimate. Yeah, exactly. Whoever's using the coercion, in this case, the landowner. Yep, that's illegitimate, and so the 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 wealth and property objectively belong to the person who has or the people that have the most objective evidence to claim it, which that would be all those who put the labor into it. Yeah. So would you say would you say that the uh, that maybe the ancestors of the slaves would deserve that a piece of that piece of that pie, so to speak? Yes, as long as they can, as long as they can demonstrate it in some way, as long as. It's, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's all based on what actual and evidence I, there is. You know, because obviously you got to make a claim. Yeah. You got to have evidence for it. Right. And so as long as that evidence is there, it, they no, deserve it. They, they deserve it. That's yep. that's. I think that's. Um, I believe that's the entire thing behind reparations as well, which I, I, I support only because I. That's my neutral stance on it. I believe that you know if, again, I'm not a victim of it. But if the victims say that that will help them, fucking go for it, you know. Um, but speaking of that, again, back to the whole land thing. And I mentioned stolen land, and I've been fucking teasing this all week. Um, and this goes back to the whole thing of it gets murky because it's a state. Um, and it's the, it's the fact that America is a genocidal state. Mm -hmm. I think we can all agree on that. Yeah. It's a genocidal state through and through. Um, the land that we're standing on right now, I'd say belonged to uh, Michigan, the Ottawa, I believe, the Ojibwe. I don't know. 
Oh, here there on was, there was uh, there was there was a quite five, bit of tribes five or six main tribes um, in this land but the the land that we're on is stolen land it was based upon a bunch of treaties that the United States government signed in the 1800s the the, uh, the 19th century if you will um that eventually they just broke the treaty there wasn't no formal breaking of the treaty there was nothing that the Native American tribes did to break the treaty. It was most of the time it was just want more land, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, essentially, we used our organized or organized military, strong organized large military force against a smaller opponent that didn't have any way of doing it or any way of defending themselves. Um, and I like to point this out that we're still doing that. That is the cornerstone of American military tactics um with maybe the exception of world war one and world war two and such wars of that of that scale correct um what you doing oh cat stuff but uh but anyway um the whole whole thing that i wanted to kind of emphasize with this rant is we're still doing it today um just we're we obviously were you know the military is trying to be careful about it because if you if you think about it, everyone um, you get a lot of boomers who say this that uh, you know American soldiers are over there fighting for our rights, fighting for our freedom. Oh, Freed- well, good joke. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> um, we have, and I had a discussion with a uh, with a comrade of mine down in Australia, um, Luke, and they said that the American military is the most redundant fighting force in all of current um, events. The reason why is because we are on an island, essentially. Apart from every one of our enemies, the only person who is any, who poses a threat to us are people on the Amer- on North and South American continents. And even with, even if we were to cut our forces in half, no one will hold a, a light to us on these two continents. Almost the world over. We can't be invaded because it's a logistical nightmare because we they have to cross oceans to navally invade us. Yep. And anyone who ever did logistics or ever played any of those... Uh, I'm a big Hearts of Iron 4 guy. If you ever fucking play that game, you'll understand. Invading America when you have to cross the Atlantic or Pacific, don't do it. Don't. Just don't. Because you won't make it. And that's pretty much how it is in real life. Because you have a whole bunch of, you know, you have your forward operating base that has to be, you know, constantly supplied. And if you can't keep that supplied, your troops will die. You know, eventually they're just, it's just war of attrition. You're fighting an offensive war on defensive turf. You're going to, you're, you're an enemy through and through to these people. And so, talking back to it, I, I went off on a tangent and that's that's my problem. But... Um, we live on stolen land. And at that point, again, there's that whole thing going back to such with your definition of it. There's coercion there. Mm-hmm. We lied to an entire group of people, entire civilizations of people, to get the land that we are on now. And I feel like the evidence doesn't even need to be proved there. Because we know it for a fact. It's in our history books, you know. In which case, it's all about who to give it to. Exactly. Who it needs to be appropriated to. And or or maybe not necessarily give them back to them if if they don't want it. 
Obviously, if they don't want it, then... I think they would. Well, obviously, <laughs> I, I would think most would. This is their ancestral homes. I mean, I'm pretty sure they would want it back, too. If they want it, and they have the evidence is there, which in this case it is, yeah. they should get it back. Um, or some people may be willing to say, you know what, I don't actually want the land, but I want something in return yeah, for some, it. some compensation Set, for exactly, it. Exactly, compensation for it, for whatever the, the but, land value would be. In today's you, I'm not gonna lie, you kind of took the wind out of my sails. There. I was kind of hoping that you would go against me, but I'm glad that you're not going against me because I mean, it's it's it it's honest truth, you know. We live on stolen land. My understanding, land. that's that's how it should be. You know, if, if, you know uh, all, <laughs> taxation is theft, right? Tax, give it yes. back to who it belongs. Give it back to who it belongs. Um, and again with the whole. We, I mean, we're here now. That's the problem, though. I feel like that's a lot of problems that a lot of, uh, especially especially with settlers, you know. In this case, sometimes it's it's one of those things where once you, you dig back through this rabbit hole yeah. in our history, is that it causes more problems than it solves. Yep. And that's, um, that, that's the problem, I think. And inherently, also, that's why I'm always against the state. Because now we have people here who technically, ancestrally, we don't belong here. This is not our land to have. But we're here now. And this is our home as well. So what are we going to do? And I feel like for us, it's our responsibility to at least try to make things as right as we possibly can. In moving forward. Moving is forward is, yeah. Making, essentially making up for it in at least different methods. Right. And, you know, um, I, myself, I try to, you know, I especially prioritize giving out mutual aid to, uh, um, especially communities, um, people of color, uh, indigenous people, um, Minorities. Just, yeah, well, especially people that I know that, you know, um, ancestors of mine could have negatively, just their actions could have negatively benefited this person now. Mm -hmm. Um, so, um, uh, that's just, that's just, you know, I feel like that's just the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. Um, cat. Anyway, so we both agree though that origination of property is based on labor. And based on labor, and yes. That, and that is the key factor. Yep. The intent to own it. And uh, my my, I, I fucking had a question for this too. I had one last thing I wanted to bring up. Can't remember. Oh yeah, no. Um, so with the, with the whole fact of now that we got the prerequisite across of the stolen land issue. Now, would you say that if it's on stolen land, will it still be stolen, even if it's not made by those who the land was stolen from? Or would that be just making way too much of a stretch? I was say, you've lost me there. You're going to have to rephrase Like, that. all right, so we've got to the premise that we're on stolen land. Yes, we are currently on okay. stolen land. So, would you say that if some, or if a, someone of you know unknown origin i mean like unknown racial origin or to manufacture something would that still be theft manufacture that, something like, on the stolen land on stolen land that well, it depends on if it uses the land to actual resources i mean it just okay yeah i just, feel like that's fair if you just it lo location of where you build it i mean you're, if you're just on there but you're not actually doing anything with the resources on that property then it's it's like it's like me bringing my tools out 
with my own wood into a valley, putting something together, and then taking it and walking away. I didn't actually do anything on land. Yeah. I didn't affect the value of that at all. <laughs> the only, so it's, it's not, that's a non-issue. Unless only reason I do why, something with that. only reason why I laugh at that is because I got the visualization of just some dude just walking up, building a fucking door, and then walking away. Like, this is mine now, motherfuckers. <laughs> yes. You, so he's not putting his labor into the land. Right. He's putting it into the door. What he, whatever he's building, yeah. you know what I mean? So that is there in the issue. It it would depend on him and I feel like taking I, value out of the land. And I feel like that's that's okay because again, that's he owns it means he owns his tools. He has everything that he owns and he used to make it and now he's owning the his production from it. Exactly. You know? That's that's fine. He owns his own means of production and he creates what he needs and now he has to say in what that what that goes mm-hmm. exactly so all right so i think i think if you got a question like if you um, have questions i have nothing taste, nothing for it right now yeah for that so bring up your own comments right okay so the third is the types of property type of thing so property, oh boy i know so this this is where obviously the big one of private versus personal comes up uh did you want me to read my spiel first um yeah, yeah, go ahead. Since you already have it prepared. So, yeah, I have something. When I see a comment or response or argument that I find gets the point across and I use it a lot, I'll save it so that I can come back to it. So this is one I come across. I came across uh, <clears throat> a very beginning of last year. Uh, so it goes like this. Property ownership necessarily implies exclusivity, which means that private property is redundant, as is personal property. The words private and personal already denote exclusivity, and it's already implied by the word property. Because property requires to be able to exclude others from using it, right? Right. And so to differentiate between personal and private property is therefore a distinction without a difference. This implication of exclusivity also means that public property is an oxymoron. That's this person's view. That's not necessarily my view. I will say that. It doesn't necessarily have to be a contradiction. It can be not necessary. So if no one can be excluded from using the resource, it isn't property. Resources that aren't scarce or rivalrous, rivalrous, Likewise, cannot be considered property, which means that intellectual property is a contradiction in terms. And maybe we'll get into that into intellectual property in a different episode. We could, if I mean, if we have enough time on this one, we could always get into it. Maybe, here. yeah. I'm, 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 I'm very, I'm, I'm anti-intellectual property, from my understanding. It's not actual property. Yeah, a, th- a thought can't be a property. Uh, that's just that's just my whole thing. But let me say, let me just say this, okay? I'm going to say something to you, right? Yeah. So I have an idea in my head. Let me. Say it. Yeah. Think of a car that has wind turbines that collects energy from the wind to spin the turbines to create energy for the battery as it rolls down the road. Yeah. Okay. That idea was just in my head, and now it's in your head. Yeah. Okay. So now if you go actually create a prototype or, or actual vehicle based on that, yeah. how did you steal from me? I didn't. Exactly. Because you could have also did that too. Yeah. And copying someone is not that. If you, I, I if, like this. I like this because it fucks over Disney in the end, and I'm okay with that. 
This is the thing though, is like is like if you build a chair, right? Oh, man, we're gonna we're gonna end up as the first hits of De- of fucking Walt Disney's Death Squads. God damn it. <laughs> if like I said, so in this basic example, if you build a chair, you go have your own resources, your own tools and you everything, and you build it in your garage, right? I you invite me over and you come for me to see it. I look at it. I go home using my own wood, my own resources, my own tools, my own property, and I build another one exactly like that. Yep. I objectively did nothing to deprive you of what your labor created. Exactly. I didn't deprive you of anything. They, and, I, how did I steal from you? And I feel like this goes in with copyright. Um, exactly. Copyright's a fucking it's, – it's a hoax. It's bullshit. It's bullshit. Um, there's a video actually. When I was a kid, um, he's still active. Uh, CGP Gray. I don't know if you've heard of him. Uh, I am not. He's on YouTube. He is. Um, if you like a lot of videos, like informational about like uh, the way the electoral colleges work and stuff like that, he does a lot of stuff. Um, it's not political. It's just it explains how things work in the world. Um, a lot of it's uh, geography. A lot of it's you know just misconceptions and stuff like that. It's he's he's a teacher in uh, London, but he comes from New York, mm-hmm. so. Um, he doesn't speak with a British accent, so he, he might be easier for you to understand. Oh, I feel yeah. like I insulted you with that, but I'm I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually terrible at understanding accents, but hey, at least British isn't that bad. British isn't that bad, no. I, I've got Chaldean people I work with who are me personally. I'm I, uh, terrible at understanding. I used what they to say. I used to work with um ten about nine or ten people who were, who were actually are refugees or immigrants from um, Bangladesh. And, uh, fucking swell workers, by the way. Most the the women were fucking awesome. The guys I, I had trouble getting along with simply because it was, a, it was, there was a lot of cultural differences between me growing up here and them growing up there. Um, personally, uh, the, uh, alpha male, I want to say, I want to oh. call him. Mm-hmm. Um, he was like that with everyone. He even talked to women. He was very, uh, the way he carried himself, very disrespectful sometimes. And, uh. I remember having a conversation with one of my coworkers, and they're like, "Oh, so you ever think about getting, you know, at this time, a girlfriend, uh, who's my fiance now, obviously, um, as you know, um, about you know coming, having her work with me. She'll never do it. She's a cosmetologist. She cares too much about her nails, and whatnot. <laughs> um, but she also doesn't like it because, and I don't want her to because she lives with her back. Yeah. So." I, I don't know if you've been around whenever I can get on her about lifting with her back because it fucking drives me up a wall just because I understand <laughs> exactly I, what happens when you lift with your back. Yeah, bad things happen. Bad things happen. Don't lift with your back, people. Lift with your legs. It still reminds me of the Family Guy episode of Peter trying to lift up the back of the car. <laughs> okay, you want all the weight on your back. Then you want to lift <laughs> up while using a jerking, twisting motion. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> or fucking ultra and they're like oh they get stuck on the desert and uh giselle has a bionic legs and he's like oh man i just threw out my back you have bionic legs and you're lifting with your back <laughs> <laughs> but but um no i remember i remember my my uh this was also back when i was like kind of conservative too so there was definitely some kind of racism mixed in with this but I don't have the exact same idea as this, but I do have some kind of, like, very protective and defensive thing about it. Um, just the way that man talked to a lot of a lot of the women around the shop, I I I replied to my coworker that 
I would not take it. I am one of those people where if they're going to talk talk to her like that, I'm going to knock the shit out of them because I just I don't respect those kind of people at all, and it just drives me up a wall when that shit happens. And it's 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 kind of like a no res- it's it's just disrespectful not not to me it's disrespectful to anyone else you know and mm-hmm. you know that's just and that's just me being protective of her so but th- they're fucking great though I lo- I love working with those people they're yeah the Chaldean awesome. people I work with are, are pretty pretty good hard I, I learned I learned how to speak some Bangla. They they were trying to teach it to me, and the worst part about it though is because it's an Eastern language, and I don't know if you understand how languages work, but Western and Eastern do not get along with each other. In that a Western language, like I can go pick up German or Spanish or French, and I know some, I know the Spanish alphabet, I know some German because those are closely related to the to the English language. I could probably pick up on Fran on French, but I don't want to because it just disgusts me. <laughs> I don't like the way it looks on paper, and I hate the way it sounds when it's spoken. It's I don't understand why people say, "Oh, it's the romance language." It sounds like you're throwing up. Please change your language. <laughs> um, wow! Don't let my uh, wife hear that. She's in the other room. I might be a dead man here in the next five minutes. Um, but I can't learn Eastern languages, and I figured that one out because I can't remember a word that they taught me. And I honestly, I tried. I tried saying hello to them every day, and I did for like a week straight. I said hello to them in Bangla. And they said hello back to me in Bangla. And it was it was awesome. I loved it. Because it was it made I know that they probably felt like they were at home, you know. Mm-hmm. I loved it, you know. They were happy. I was happy. It was cool. It was a great time. The weekend happened, I forgot how to say it, and now we're here. <laughs> so So this is the okay, let's bring it bring it back to Yeah, right. We got we got off topic really quickly, but I mean Okay, so types of property. So okay, we We, we, ended- we were going on intellectual property. I remember yeah. we were so, copyright, copyright. That was we both agree to bullshit. But um, CGP Gray, by the way, I remember exactly where we were at. CGP Gray, um, he did this video um, called Disney Forever Less One Day. And it explains how Disney, Walt Disney has lobbied. His company has lobbied for, corp- for copyright to be just ridiculous in the United States of America. Um, currently right now, if I remember correctly, it's 70 years after the original date of creation. Or no. It's for it's the entire lifetime of the author plus seventy years after their death, which is ridiculous. Which is ridiculous, honestly. It was originally like ten years, I believe, in like the eighteen hundreds, which is okay, I guess. I mean, it's Whatever, better, it's better. But <laughs> th- this is also the eighteen hundreds, so I mean, it, they weren't exactly more high ground in those times. Infra- I mean, and plus, information didn't travel nearly as fast, right? So. Um, but, uh, they, he did a great, um, great topic with this when, uh, Lucasfilm did this. Cause this was back, he, this was originally published before, uh, Disney brought Lucasfilm and, uh, they kept putting out Star Wars every, every like three years they put out a new Star Wars thing, mm-hmm. you know, um, you can still make parodies of it cause parodies are protected. Um, you know, but Every, you know, so often they're, they're keep putting them out because, you know, say like, oh, I want I can't wait to do a new hope thing. And then, oh, new hope just got remade. Now, now that just pushed back to the copyright deadline again, you know, and uh, intellectual property is a fucking hoax because of that. You can't tell me that someone else had the same idea as you. 
I mean, I, I mean, it's entirely possible for two different human beings to come up with the same exact idea exactly. and do something about it, and then they meet each other and claim, "Oh, you stole me." Uh, no, that's not how it works. Um, and I, I want to point this out. Henry Ford, terrible man, by the way, but Henry Ford. Uh, I just saw that in Michigan. I'm going to be fucking crucified. <laughs> well, if you did that in, at the company I work for, yeah, you would be. You work for Ford? No, I don't work directly for Ford. Oh, no, okay, yeah, no, you were, okay, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, <laughs> I mean, most most of the stuff I make is for Ford as well, but <laughs> anyway, anyway, off topic, going back to the ways we don't want to get fired on, um, so... Henry Ford made, you know, his first prototype of his car was in the early 1900s. Carl Benz, founder of the Mercedes, or the founder of what was now, you know, Mercedes-Benz, obviously, um, made his first prototype and actually unveiled it in, like, the late 1890s, like 1897, 1898. Now, I don't, I'm pretty sure there's, you know, headlines of, you know, oh, first car ever, you know, across, you know, the entire world at this time. But what's to say that Henry Ford wasn't working on the, uh, working on a design for a horseless carriage at the same time Carl Benz was? It's you know? entirely possible. It's entirely possible because that's how progress works. That's yeah, how that's how have, innovation happens. You can have you know? different people working on the same thing, advancing it, and at the same time, and it's like, well, there's it, you you can have many many people all believe in the same idea. It's just. There's just different different representations of how it comes out. Exactly, but that's still it's not theft because you didn't steal it. You can't exactly. steal a thought. You can't steal a thought. And so the only way would be the only way something like this could be theft is if you made a prior arrangement. Like like I heard this example of making a music piece, right? Yeah. So if you say you made some you made a piece of music, no one else has ever heard it. In yeah. Life. And in order for someone else to listen to it, they have to agree to not replicate it or not, you know, right, do right. anything with the music. Right, and then they go go and ahead they, and do it anyways. Yeah, well, in that case, like a yeah. leaker, kind of, like oh, like someone who leaks CDs and shit, something like that. So, in that case, there's theft because there's a violation of consent. Right. And but without that. It's not intellectual property. It's not that. Okay, so I think that's all we, we need to say about that. About intellectual property, yeah. Okay. Um. So the whole cap thing. Yeah. Private, private, and personal. They actually go hand in hand. They're not different. It's all if you own this, you control it, and you can exclude anyone you want from it. Right. You know what I mean? Right. I think I think the whole thing is personal. Um, and this is what I said at the beginning of the show. Private and personal are just. The same thing in a different economic system. Pretty much, um, yeah. Personal and property is what someone owns that they are the sole owner of. Now, again, it can be, and this harkens back with private property, especially in capitalism. They could also let other people use it, in, you know, under certain terms of agreement. But that's not that's anti-theatical, I guess. Now that I'm actually thinking about this fully through, that is anti-theatical to Marx. But I digress from that. I want to say, you know, personal property, like, you know, um, the greatest example is the toothbrush. I don't know if you ever heard of this joke. Oh, I, I fucking love this joke. 
I mean, um, I, I may not have heard the joke, but I've heard, yeah, it's, the, uh, Brooks is the common example. It's like, you know, every, um, I remember, I think it was like a rant that some fucking dickhead was on at one point. And he was like, oh, they're going to end, end up, I'm going to have to share my toothbrush with people. And it's like, no, that's fucking disgusting. Why would we make you do that? <laughs> like, we're all for like communal shit. But no, dude, you you get to keep your toothbrush. In fact, we'll give you a, another one every two months like you're supposed to, you know. Like, we'll fucking help you out with that shit. We, we don't want your toothbrush. We don't want your nasty drink. Exactly, right. Um, that's personal property, though, right there. Is That toothbrush is personal property. We don't want that. This your car that you own is personal property. We don't want that. And now, if you want it, but we would like it to, if you would offer it up, you know. There's a, see, this brings into what, uh, about means of production, which, yes, one of our future episodes, either the next one or the one after, is going to be about that. We're probably going to end up talking about it sometime on, on the page, so just keep your head yes, up about that. Yes, I think, I think our views about, uh, what a means of production is are they're not fully concluded yeah. logically speaking if you know what I mean I'm, I'm definitely going to have to uh, touch up on Das Capital with that because oh shit it's been a while for me it's definitely been a while I mean we all we all generally I don't mean to fully go into it already but when I say a means of production what is the most common thing that comes to your mind what's the biggest thing Means of production. Um, I say, what is a means of production? General, labor. General, what do you? Well, yeah. labor and the property used to make product. But make generally, goods. what's the actual physical thing you think of? A factory. Factory. Yes. Factory is always immediately what comes to my mind. Yes. Or, and generally, what comes to most people's minds is is the because that, that's what usually produces goods. So facility, they, everything's manufactured in this day and age. Facility with a production line that produces things. That's generally what yep. a means of production is. But it goes. I will say it goes deeper than that, and I don't think, I don't think that caps and comms need to be so divided on this as as they are. Yeah. I think, and I think because I think it goes both deeper than both the cap and the comms. You can still. And as as I said, I believe this was off mic, but as I said, it capitalism and communism aren't. It's not a light switch. It's a dimmer switch. Exactly. Know? Um. A lot of times you get. Where uh, you could have, um, there are there are existing. I love it because uh, I, I you know I I watch epic rap battles of history as you know a hobby of mine, and they did earlier this year fucking slapping ass track, uh, with uh, Che Guevara and Guy Fox facing off against each other. And was this the epic rap battles of history? Yep. Oh okay. I yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yep. I believe I showed this to you. You might have. Um. By the way, Shea Guevara killed it. Not biased at all, but uh, I mean, he did though. He did, but that hanging motion that was fucking great. I, I, I Rob Rico did a good job playing him. I don't rem- remember seeing that episode. I know it exists. I, I'll show you after the, after the episode. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, they <laughs> an entire thought process. Mighty H. You just said no. You don't need this anymore. Um, do do do. They, oh yeah, no, there was one lyric where uh, Guy Fox said that uh, making capitalists rich off of you on merch because Che Guevara is iconic to uh, socialist movements around the world. You know, he's like the rebel, the face of the revolution, I guess you could say. You know, you got that steely-eyed look and everything. Um, Nine times out of ten, the people who make those t-shirts, those posters, those 
coasters and everything that they mentioned, mm -hmm. those aren't capitalists. Those are work, worker co-ops. Everyone who made that, they own the means of their production. They made that. Why would a capitalist actively produce things that have someone who wishes to see them dead on it? You know, like you know what I mean? Like why would why would you give your enemies propaganda? To use against you? Yeah. You know, so obviously nine times out of ten, that's a worker co-op that put that out. And I feel like a lot of people don't understand that those can still exist even in a capitalist sy uh, system. And that is the entire reason why syndicalism, which is the idea of trade unions being able to negotiate everything, exists. Um, which I am very for because I feel like that's the best I would one say, of the best things. And there's a version – there's a mixture between that already exists. It's just not – it's not strong enough. It's yes, it's very biased in the uh, capitalist perspective. There um, are worker co-ops and worker-owned businesses that do exist. It's just they're very few and far between and right now. The capitalist light version of worker co-ops is like, hey, if you come work with us, we'll give you X percent or point X percent of our stocks. That way, you know, you can yeah. say that you own the means of production, but you don't own the means of production because how do you know that that's not, you know? We'll give you point zero zero three percent of our stocks, and it's like, don't worry, because everyone else that you work with, out of like the two hundred employees that we have, also gets that much. So at the end of the day, not one employee or the entire workforce that actually makes the goods, not even be able to own more than one or one percent of the company. And I feel like that's still theft at that point, because that they're lying to you intentionally just to make you feel good. Yeah, that's just fucking. Lying, I would agree you know? that a worker co-op would would definitely work differently without a state. Then without oh, definitely. Um, again, there goes the whole thing with currency tying back into it. But I digress. I've already had that spiel multiple times in this, and I feel like we should probably do an episode on that because fucking love talking about it so much. I don't know if you can tell. Yeah, I well actually I have a, I have a little thing that you might find interesting about when it comes to. Mm. Uh, worker co-ops and and basically basically it'll it'll explain why a lot of the caps think that communism and co-ops and stuff don't work yeah generally, i'm not, like we aren't we aren't opposed to them as long as they're voluntary it's just our general understanding is that they don't they, they usually are pretty much they aren't preferable in terms of economic efficiency that's that's their understanding and I'll we'll we'll go into that. Yeah, later. we could, we could always go into that, especially with currency and stuff, because proficiency and uh, you know that's that kind of ties in with how are you you know saving and spending money. But anyway, um, one thing I do want to touch up on, uh, we had this. This is a very heated. We might go over our time, and I'm completely fine with that with this. But this is very on topic, and um, this is this is my favorite part of Maoism, and that is all the dead landlords. All of all them. The all the dead landlords. Um, okay, so the idea that rent is theft. Now, again, this ties also ties back to the state. Because you know, you got you got you have nowhere else to go, so you have to pay this much and I'm not gonna have a job because I can just leech off you. You know, that's kind of There's, that's what I feel like. So when it comes to this there, obviously, there exists uh, a modern movement of um, off-grid living. Yes. Right? So primitive represent. You, you. Exactly. <laughs> God damn it. There's definitely a, a movement already out there of people that do this. It's 
it's growing, but it's it's still very relatively speaking small. Yes. And but there's also in the U.S. still um, natural law type speaking here. Uh, a lot of it is not owned. Which there's, also there's a lot of land even just in within this state. Yeah. Quote, unquote, I would like to, I would like to point out that is unused that people could obviously homestead, build property, and build their own home and live there. See the the problem with that is it's unused, but it can still be owned because someone could buy it and I f- buy it off the state or fed. But and that, and that become and that becomes it's it's one of those things where the state just claims to own it without having any evidence that they that, do own it that they actually own it. They're just making the claim and asserting it using physical force, saying, "Yeah, well, if you do this on this area of land without our permission, uh, we're gonna boot you and fine you and." And whatever you make on that is ours, which is full of obviously bullshit. Right. And so that's obviously a main disincentive from people who want to do off grid living. And, I, and that's obviously. I do want to point out. Uh, off grid living is should be completely legal, by the way. Oh, because, be. you know, oh, you're not hurting. Well, you're not up to regulation. So you're hurting You're hurting Uncle Sam by not being up to regulation. Yeah, that's the one you're um, quote unquote hurting. But it's it's the whole issue that off grid living, even when you're supplemented by living on the grid, like my my parents, uh, you know, we use rainwater for our crop, for like our garden and everything. Um, a lot of our stuff that we use, we don't spend money on. We, you know, we get it from fucking resources that we can harvest from nature, nature yeah. that renews itself, like rainwater and whatnot. Um, that's you know that. We own that, you know. That's t- but technically, in a lot of places around the United States, that's illegal. You can't do that. Um, collecting rainwater is actually a crime. Yeah, in a lot it, of places it is, and it's fucking retarded. It's 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 just ridiculous. Why would why would you have why why how do you get off on telling people that you cannot collect a natural resource, especially one as as important as water? You're just an authoritarian asshole. <laughs> Obviously. Bottom line. Obviously. Um, but the the whole thing that I that I went back with though with uh, landlords is you get you get like a you get a property say you you buy a house and then you had that with the intention of renting out. Now, the, first off, you're already being a class trader because you bought a house. You bought something that most people can't even afford to fucking get by their own you know so you now take your privilege and instead you decide i'm going to rent this out to people for a fraction less than i pay on it monthly but i'm still making somehow i'm still going to be able to turn a profit in the long run you are now profiting off of the fact that someone is hurt by your manufactured scarcity because there's there's so many vacant houses in this country that we'd still have some left over even if we just gave them away to, you know, the homeless people. But because banks don't want that, because landlords don't want that, yeah. because they want to make profit off of it. And that's 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 one of the biggest things about, you know, the whole Maoist approach with it. Landlords should not exist if there is one homeless man on the street because that means that there is a class oppressing that man or that person. And I feel like that is something that's wrong. In the uh, beginning of the episode, I did I did highlight you know the the rights of life 
or at least off the mic. I don't know when I did. It's been it I've been here mic. for a long time. Okay. Um but I did highlight the right to life. And in that, and I'm probably going to get back into this if we ever do healthcare on the future, which I feel like we will. Eventually. Eventually, we're probably going to do our own versions of how healthcare will work in the civil society. Hopefully. Right. Right. Um, that one's going to be a fucking field day for me. Only because I have to do a lot of research for that one. What isn't going to be a field day for us? Guns. Oh, yeah. Guns. Guns, guns is going to be a fun episode. Guns and hating police will probably be the one, the, the best episodes in terms of us getting along. Uh, yeah, I love those, that shit. But, um, but the whole thing about the right to life, um, is the right to sustain life as well. Uh, the right, the right to be able to live on your own accord, you know, have the right to... To be able to have medical access to medical care, I guess, and knowing that you won't be, you know, just just having access alone would do a lot for people, you know. And housing, access to housing is something, um, food, shelter, and water, you know, uh, that's just natural for any spe- living species of animal on this planet. You know, we learn that as hunters. So yeah, food, cover, water—that's all you need. Yeah. And I feel like I feel like charging people for that is unnecessary. I feel like that's almost a crime. Like it's you're you're saying you have to pay me this much, otherwise I'm going to put your life in jeopardy because I don't like you, you know. And yeah, I get that's a contractual basis, but at the same time, it's still a, an essence of coercion with it. It's so okay. So this is the capitalist view based on that is that the elements of coercion isn't from another human being that directly it's from nature itself. So there's an element of coercion in nature naturally saying, Hey, all, all these life forms in order for you to live, you need to consume and reproduce. Right. If you want to carry on species, but you need to consume. You need to have protection from the elements. You need to have food and water. And yes. That, and that, the thing is that applies equally to every single human being. So that element of coercion is based on all of us. Right. And the, but the thing is that is is property based on what you need or what you produce? Is it based on your labor or just on what you need? If you need something but you don't labor for it, do you really is it really yours? I mean, I'd say I'd say something that is as, as necessity to life is just regularly a need. I mean, but if you need something, does that, does that mean you own it then, even if you didn't put any labor into it? Well, it depends. That's the question. It, 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 there's a lot of context and nuance that I feel like it would oh, there be, is. need but to be addressed. Just... Um, it depends on how such thing was made. I am not against uh, teaching workshops to people who are in need of housing on, you know, construction. If I if I knew how to build a house, I'd be fucking out there teaching people how to do it so that they can go out and do it. But I feel like, again, in the end, it all comes back to we wouldn't be having this discussion if we had a stateless society already. Oh, we wouldn't, of course. Um, We'd actually be able to out there do it. Do it. Without being fucking threatening violence and having our property taken from us and yeah profit for property forfeiture which mm-hmm. is theft all on its own yeah um but it's it, that's that's pretty much what it is the the existence of the state is what stops people from just claiming a house that's vacant that just sits vacant um 
And honestly, at that point, the co- the coercion just ceases to exist. Um, those they they can't keep track of ownership over something. This is the thing too. I will just a side bit. In a stateless society, when it comes to vacant property, yeah, anyone that has, actually has the intent of of keeping their property is gonna make it known that it's not vacant and that it is currently owned. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And at that point, it's personal property. Yeah. Because then they're going to occupy it most of the time. You know, they're going to probably, you know, dress it up, make it look nice, and they're probably going to live in it. And and use it. That's the thing is that, you know, what sense would it make to say, you know, I want to own this and then not care about it at all, never use it? I mean, right. you, You have your own incentive to make sure other people know that you are still using it, controlling it, and you know, utilizing it. If you're not doing any of those things, but you still want to own it, I mean, it's like, what's the point? Right. I, uh, I know for a fact that it's, it, it, again, if the state did not exist, there would be almost no way of keeping track of that. Except for the obvious one where, you know, it's like, hey, obviously someone's living here, but, you know, you get, especially in Detroit, Oh, Detroit! Actually, how many how many abandoned houses do you see in that city? There's a lot. My best friend, I have a good friend who is a Detroit firefighter, and the majority of the houses that are on fire are abandoned. Are abandoned, and it's it's crazy, and that's what he gets called down to all the time. And you get, I mean, all it takes is just. And how many times have you gone to like see a concert in Detroit or whatever that you've seen someone who is you know without home or without food or without shelter mm-hmm. on the streets, you know? Yeah. There's, a lot, it's, there's a lot of it happening. And I feel like a lot of that, a lot of that whole reason why, oh, Detroit's a bad city. Um, It's not a bad city. For those listening who are not from here, it's a great city. I love it. I love the city of Detroit and I wish nothing but the best for it because, you know, it's, I, I've been to Chicago. I've been to Chicago once. Fucking hated it. Hated every minute of it. I was like, I don't like this place at all. I want to go back home. I would, I'd rather keep my big Detroit city than come here again. I, I, I went to Chicago once, and I don't know. I had a pleasurable time. But that were was you driving? I was not driving. That's why. <laughs> and I was younger. I was I was well, maybe like just a teenager, so I still didn't have a full understanding. You didn't have how yeah. Things actually, work. I went there as a concert. We were all stoned as shit driving through Chicago, and I'm just like, they have one way streets that have one lane going that way and three lanes going this way. Fuck this! Like, hey Tyler, you can't go, you can't park here. Why can't I park here? Oh, they said something about private parking, but it's public. Yeah, but you said the paper. What the fuck is this? <laughs> it was uh, that city's a nightmare. I I don't like that city. I know of its importance. I know some people are going to get offended by me saying fuck Shy Town, but fuck Shy Town, fuck the wind city. I don't care. You deserve that wind. If 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 your traffic laws. Make it so that you have to have a migraine after spending 30 minutes out in traffic just to get two miles down the road. I'm sorry. You deserve the gust of Zeus blowing your fucking city into the goddamn Lake of Michigan. (laughs) That's my final take on it. I don't like Chi-Town. I don't like Chicago at all. Very bad memories. All of our listeners can tell. This is... This is... Aside from the fact that the concert that we went to see, I had a bad reaction to the edibles and ended up just curling up in a ball in, the, in the, like, the corner of the concert venue, just dying for two hours straight. Yeah, but that didn't but, help. 
No, that didn't help at all. Beautiful city, though. It is a beautiful city. I will say that there's a lot of history there. Don't like driving through it. Yeah. Maybe if I were to actually spend more time there, I might get used to the city. But my first... In- fuck that city. As Ari's a commuter, fuck that. Right? Ari's first impressions. But, anyway, bringing it back to, obviously, there's a lot of... There's, the, the there's a lot of stuff, especially in Detroit. There's a lot of stuff that um, we could do. Just giving up the fact that we have abandoned houses. If we were to fix those houses up, give workshops up to the you know to homeless people and people without shelters that hey you know this is how you fix it up this is how you do this this and this and help people understand that you know there's meaning to this there's a yeah there's sorry can i, we, can I tell yeah, you a side go story ahead. side story the uh one of the, ch- the church that i i go to they actually there was a couple that they bought a vacant house and they had originally they went. They went to move in, I believe, from what I remember, and there were squatters in it. Yeah. And they had some drugs. Well, anyway, long story short, uh, the the couple, uh, the t- couple squatters that were there, they went through rehabilitation and everything. Yeah. The the people that bought it, they fixed the house up, and then when the squatters were done, they let them live in there, let them have the house. I like that. I was gonna say that, and I was like, that's awesome. That is that is that's the best. Did, now, my my follow up question to that is like, did they did they just say like, here you go, or did they say like, pay us? Because that then I'll be like, that's just fucking rude. You know, you're not gonna. You know, these people are obviously in one of the worst fucking times of their yeah, life. Yeah, it's from my understanding that this this family had actually a lot of money, and so they were buying like some yeah, other. So it was like so it was like a charity kind of thing. It was a big, it was pretty much based that's, on charity, but I was like, that's awesome. Man. That's awesome. That's that's class consciousness. You know, you 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 fucking buy a house, and next thing you know, you're like, these people are all without a home. They're obviously not having a fucking good time right now. Send them to rehab, get them clean, and then you know, help them out, help people. That's that's one of the whole things. That's the whole thesis of you know the communist socialist ideology is helping people who, you know, you could be there. You know, you could be there, and that don't well. Obviously, if you're if again like hawking back. If you get that lottery where you win, you know, you're in the birth lottery, you get into burnt, burn into, you know, a rich family, you're never going to have to worry about ever being homeless, ever being hungry, ever being thirsty. You never have to worry about that. But for working class people, that is an honest threat. You know, the only way a person like that would actually end up just like the most common workers is if they were horrible at managing money, pissed it all away. I don't, or, or something just terrible happened where they lost all of their wealth, and then I, but they would at least understand what it's like to have all of it. Right, right. Whereas the average common worker, lower class worker, they have no idea. They, yeah. Um. At first, I thought like, oh, you were talking about or, or the working class people being managed money. I'm like, what money? We, you and I both know working class people don't aren't rolling in shit. <laughs> just based on common experience, but, um. And yeah, working class people are all literally all it takes. Um, and again, this is harkening back. I'm gonna save this. I'm gonna put this in my pocket after I bring it out. But sounds weird, especially out of context. On mic. it's, it's an idea. It's an glad you went knife. Um, it's an idea. But uh, my um, by the way, complete class traitor this woman is. But my quality manager, my head quality manager uh-huh. at my job, she came back from open chest. Or open heart surgery. She came back this last week, I believe it was. And uh, she made a full recovery. She's doing good. And 
keep in mind she's fully covered throughout insurance. We're paying if you have a family, you give up if you're an operator at working at my job and you have a family plan, more times than likely you're giving up all of what you make for yourself at that job to the plan. Cause I know right now I make three hundred twenty. The family plan at the best option is two hundred ninety seven a week. Yeah, I was gonna say the insurance a lot of the We'll get but, into the medical insurance, obviously. As on a later episode. Uh, yeah, but we'll say health insurance is definitely yeah. way more expensive than what it should be. But she owes $100,000 still to the insurance company. Like, this woman had life-saving surgery. She's completely covered. She has an insurance plan. And she has to pay for it still. Like, that's one of the things that puts you know working class people out on the streets hundred thousand dollars that's that's five paychecks that's five annual paychecks for me at this job that i'm at that's that's like that's fucking steep that's a little more than just about three to four to me Yeah. yeah so it's 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 definitely rough you know um the reason why I call her a class trader, though, is uh, she uh, decided to tell my quality last Monday that – first day back, by the way. Fucking grand entrance, this one. Uh, decided to tell my quality and think it was a good idea to tell her that breaks are a privilege and you don't deserve them. Okay. I mean maybe in some cases if you're a lazy-ass worker that doesn't actually do the job. I mean if you're always on break – no, you're always on break. Yeah. Um. But the difference is, is she did her job. She does her job fucking well. And because this is all like with, what with the labor cuts and everything, she's picking up another workload that I told you off, Mike. Mm-hmm. Um, she doesn't get a raise. And she's finding it difficult to do breaks because she has to do breaks too. She has to break operators. And my, my head quality's response was, breaks are our privilege. The next day, our own reporter in her office is like, look, if – you tell that to someone, they can go to D- the Department of Labor, and now I'm going to have a fine of $25,000 sitting on my desk. Want to know whose paycheck that's coming out of? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but yeah, like, she's, she's, she's a class trader, and I don't like her, but she tried to get me fired one time, I didn't like that. Yeah. Off some bullshit, like not putting a label on something that falls off in, in, in shipping anyway, so. Um, but I feel like I've we've mostly digressed and kind of beat this beat this hearse till it's dead and then some. Yeah, in terms of types of property, right? That's our original third. Uh, is that I think I think I think to wrap up, we can all agree that stolen land is stolen land. You know, the you know United States of America is a genocidal state that has made a habit of stealing land from indigenous people. So yeah, obviously the most correct way to to. Um, the best way to obviously correct uh, theft is to return stolen property. And depending on what it is, maybe a little compensation. Yes, and, yes. Or, or how long they have been deprived of that property. Exactly. And the same thing with, you know, with uh, victims of slavery, obviously. There was coercion involved, and obviously it's just it, it's a civil rights abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, that those people that have been victims of it need to have some form of reparations from the family that did the abusing and i don't i don't think that the family should decide on what the reparation should be because they're probably gonna be like here's a penny for your troubles now get out of my face because that's probably what they would be but 
I feel like the victims should be the ones to decide. And this is one of those things where I believe the captain would say, uh, probably what's best is a neutral third party. Right. But again, you know, and this, again, with my whole take on currency, there, that rich white family can pay off that third party and now it's going to be biased. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I feel like having it without a third party and being it so that the victim is empowered here, I feel like that would be the best way to go about it. Victim empowerment is always usually pretty good because in the end there's no harm done. Um, you could say you could say uh, that you know there's harm done to the person or to the perpetrator, but at the same time, the perpetrator could have just not did whatever the fuck they did. And we wouldn't be having this discussion in the first place. You know, there'd be no victim to have. And, I, and obviously, it, what complicates stuff so much is one, it, depending on what's stolen, but two is uh, the the second thing would be the time lapse between the the, the theft and the where the actual retribution uh, takes place. And the third thing would be. Um, had a third one. ADHD yeah, kicked in. Yes, I know. Uh, time it's a bitch, lapse. I know. The time lapse. Oh, how many, how many times that property changes hands? Obviously, if I steal something and then trade it and then tra- and it gets traded again and again and again and again, obviously it's still, at that point it's it's it it becomes very hard to justify justify because of how many times that property has changed changed hands you know this man stole it from me he's like no i didn't and now you, i and then i got this from this man you have well, obviously he sold it to him no I, I got it from this man you know you have one unjustified transfer of ownership uh but then because you, you would have a whole bunch of other voluntary exchanges right which, which you have no problem with besides the part that it was stolen and so th- then it becomes a pain in the ass of, well, you know what? It's still stolen and it needs to go back to its rightful owner. Right. And ultimately, I would say in that case, if you have something that was worth $5 or $10 right. and it was stolen and then the guy traded it, traded it, traded it, traded it, the guy that stole it needs to pay all the monetary value back to the person he stole it from. Yeah. And then, and then give back whatever monetary amount that all the other people voluntarily exchanged it for them because then because they paid for something that they thought he objectively owned right but he didn't and so obviously they should have their money back and it's right. all because of the fault of the thief yep and that makes sense exactly yeah i think that's the most i think when it comes to conflict resolution it's it's what is the most objectively reasonable as possible right I think that's a good place to end this episode. I feel I feel like that it is. Now, and again, as always, uh, we're not, of course, the harbingers of our own we're not ideologies. Geniuses, we're, not anything special. we're just two dudes with a couple mics, honestly. That's it. <laughs> At the end of the day, that's all we are. That's this ain't this are. mic ain't even fucking mine, anyways. <laughs> so um oh sh- I fucking hate your chairs. I hate them so much. I almost ate shit on your counter. Just right there, just out. Um, but in the end, that's all we are, just nothing but humble. Um, but I, we're tying up the episode. We ran about 20 minutes 
or remember what we wanted to, but we kind of got sidetracked a lot. Originally, we didn't even know how long this episode was we were take. We were shooting for an hour, and at first I thought, oh man, we might, like, when we were talking, we were already on question two at ten minutes in, I, I think. So it was like, fuck, man, how the hell are we going to drag this out? And apparently ADH is like, I got you, bro. Exactly, right? No so, worries there. Um, just remember uh, to donate. Um, we... I think we've uh, we originally we were going to plan on putting this on SoundCloud, but we're just going to forego that and just keep it up on Anchor. Um, yeah, since it supplies it to Spotify and a few <laughs> other apps. Yep. Um, there is a, I believe there is a donate link on Anchor. Uh, there is on Anchor. I don't know exactly how it works. But. Um. So yeah, if you guys want to figure out how that works, and uh, if you guys do donate and figure out how that works, please tell the rest of the community. Um, we're going to be working on actually getting our Patreon up and just kind of like fleshing out the entire program site. It's actually more of a web show than it is just two dudes with a mic. Um, <laughs> I would say most what's far more important to us though is the feedback. We want, yes. we value your feedback more than your money. Yes, exactly. We want to, we want to hear it cause we want an exchange of ideas mostly. That's, that's the main goal of this. We want a community. We want an exchange of ideas with this. Um, Essentially, what we're trying to do, obviously, if you haven't heard, a lot of our problems always stem back to this wouldn't be an issue if we had a stateless society. Yes. So, in the end, a lot of our problems that are plaguing us plague us because of the state. Because of the state, and not because, you know, that's. Not because of each other's not because of yes. necessarily, you know. Um, so, naturally. We want to build a community. We want people to be there for each other. We want people to help each other out and necessarily try our best to build that up, exchange ideas, you know, grow together. And I mean, the the donations are really just because there's gas involved between. We live quite a trip from each other. There's gas involved. The fact that my my uh, my stand broke, you know, that too, like that. It's it's mostly just for maintenance and stuff. I. We have most of the means of production to do all this show and everything. It's just, you know, I'm lazy. <laughs> I'm lazy. Um, it's it's just we want we want to know if there's going to be beneficial to us to to continue on. You know, if we get progressing. The, the bigger an audience we actually get, you know, the the, the, the more the we're more we step up our game. Yeah, because I mean, we're, I'm not going to invest. You know, like a five hundred dollar fucking setup if we're only going to reach five people you know what i mean exactly it makes no sense it's a gross race return on investment is important yeah or misuse of resources is something i don't i want to avoid um but yeah so uh like comment share subscribe i don't know whatever the hell anchor does tell us to shut up and we're idiots tell us to shut up shut up and eat a eat a dick i I don't know (laughs) i'm honestly i'm prepared for anything I, i guess Hey, but, if you made it through this long of the episode. We uh, thank you. Yeah, we thank you for not falling asleep on us, or if you fell asleep with us, and you're you're welcome, sweet cheeks. But <laughs> all right, all right. See you guys Peace next out. month. Yep. Have a good one. Yep.